dog could be better defined. It's Flicks and That with Steve Newell. Welcome, Steve. G'day, g'day. Now we're in our weekly segment where we talk about what's best on the box, what's best in the cinemas, what should we be watching? What we should be watching... Well, I'm a little bit late to this. I think some, uh, quite a few people got to this one before me. In fact, it's currently number six on Netflix's top ten shows mm-hmm. in New Zealand. It's been on Netflix for a couple of weeks now. Last Stop Larimer. Oh, I've watched it. I've watched it, Steve. And uh, what do you say about a show like this? Do you say you loved it? Because I feel like it's quite a sad tale, but it is pretty good, view- compelling viewing. It, I agree with all of the above. I think that there's a real... Um, this is a two-part true crime show. So it's set in Australia's outback. Um, it's set in a small town, a town with a population of 11, and then one person disappears. And the circumstances <laughs> are extremely suspicious. But um, it's, it has quite a light-hearted tone, certainly in its first episode, or through mm. a chunk of its first episode. Because it's an opportunity for the camera to spend time with a bunch of classic Australian characters. Classic, just small town Australians. Yeah. Each of them fascinating and each of them with a really good story to tell. But, yeah. I mean, if you end up in a place like this, you've obviously got your quirks and eccentricities. But, yeah, eccentric? Eccentricities. Yeah, Yeah, good. Um, Look, a lot of speculation while we watched it about what had led people to be there. You know, like there's a there's a couple. um, Why are you there? There's there's a couple who's chosen to move there, like presumably kind of a retirement type buzz. They seem a little possibly better um, resourced and maybe better educated than some Mm. of the other residents. But still strange. Still strange. Real Kath and Kim vibes going on um, with one of them. yeah, it's just a, it's a fascinating character study. It has a very intriguing true crime dimension. Uh, shit gets really grim. But, I mean, like I say, it's, it's been charting on Netflix. It's been out for a couple of weeks. A bunch of you have already watched it. So I thought I'd dig into the backstory of the show a little bit and yes. dig out a couple, a couple of nuggets, things that I was thinking about a little bit while watching it. Because internationally this show is distributed by Netflix. I think, as you've touched on, um, what an advertisement for Australia on the world tourism market this is. What an advertisement for beer drinking this is as well. There's a lot of guzzling going on in this film. It's all about the pub, right? It's all about the pub. The pub's the epicentre of the world of the small town. Also, How like, does a, a the, number town of cans, of, well, the number of cans going down is, is fairly how brutal How does well. a, a town of 10 people sustain a pub? I just don't understand this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, we see a lot of people pass through that pub. Like yeah. Russell Crowe's passed through that pub, mm. it would seem, at one point or another. Um but through all of this very Australian character study, you constantly hear this American accent mm. from behind the camera. And while the director did have uh, family ties to Australia, he was travelling to Aussie for a week at a time. Starting in 2018, he found out about the case on Twitter. He'd been trying to make a documentary for a while. But every topic he landed on, they already had a film crew involved. Mm-hmm. And kind of to his good luck... This no one was, was still it. up for grabs. Yeah. Um, so over five years, he'd make these sort of four or five trips a year for a week at a time over to Larimer. Mm-hmm. And um, lo and behold, like this kind of story evolved as he as he spent more and more time there. Yes. He spent more and more time with his characters. It's it's a very very quotable show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so filmmaker brought this experience. Like he'd worked on Fear Factor for a bunch of years. Like he had a background in reality mm-hmm. TV. So he knew about, he'd worked in casting. He knew about finding good talent and the sorts of things that would make uh, people good interview subjects. And I think that he very quickly would have realised... He's betting on the right horse. Pay dirt here, yeah. <laughs> There's no duds. No duds. And, I mean, even the... A cast of ten? Even the unintelligible yeah. interview subject who, like, for ages I was like, are they going to have subtitles for this guy? And mm. then he explains that he's had half his tongue chopped uh, out because yes, yeah. of the cancer. It's, um, yeah. Look, real winner. Two parts. Um, it doesn't outstay its welcome. In the US, it plays on HBO Max as a single documentary. I, th- I think it uh, premiered at South by Southwest this year in that format. I don't know if it would be that great of a film. Like, I, I watched the episodes back to back, but with a good kind of 10-minute gap in the middle for speculation over a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really... It's not really, like, ruthlessly paced. Um, it may kind of uh, wander a little bit, but because mm. the characters are so strong, I didn't mind that at all. Yes. And... Um, it, it does, as it should, take time to kind of wander down a couple of lane, different lanes of speculation because mm. uh, you'll be finding that as you watch it as well. So it's, I'm glad it's not stretched out to five episodes. Uh, it kind of comes in on a total of about two hours. Mm. Um, last stop, Larimer. Do it. It's good. It's good. The sorts of things that you'll be thinking about while you watch it, I reckon, are, like it's very Coen Brothers. Um I also couldn't help but think of Prime Video's Aussie cop comedy Deadlock quite a lot for obvious reasons, especially in how kind of uh, deadpan funny heaps of the cops are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, slash they'll be in the middle of an interview when the phone rings or or, or, there's, a test the, uh... of, or there's a test of the alarm system and the kind of... Well, the cop who... The cop who's being interviewed when the phone rings, his first instinct is like, <laughs> I'm oh, not going to answer. Just lets it ring, and it's like, dude, you're in the police station. Yeah. I think maybe that's your job, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And then the, the the other one is the really exasperated face when the alarm system gets tested um, multiple times. And the last one is like, oh, we've <laughs> interrupts the interview to say, we've finished testing the alarm system, which is kind of comic gold, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, lots to enjoy. Um, and then, yeah, of course, there's this kind of a fairly Kath and Kim-centric character as well. Yeah, um, yeah. get on Netflix, Last Stop, Lara. Um, highly, highly recommended. Um, speaking of last things, there is a very last chance to see the King Loser doco on the big screen coming up. Everyone that missed it at the film fest, everyone that stuffed up and didn't see this great New Zealand music documentary on the big screen, Hollywood Avondale, November the 19th at 7.30pm. I'm struggling with my performance in this documentary. Can I reconcile? Do I come off okay? Oh, you're fine, mate. A bit you're awkward. Fine. I mean, slightly younger me in there. Uh, look, I'd say um, best supporting actor documentary okay. is, is, your, is yours. Um, yeah, I'll make okay. sure that, I'll make sure that nomination goes okay, in. Okay, all right. No, the, where do people to, to wait? Hang on. Wait, where King do people Loser, get tickets? King Loser, Hollywood Avondale. Uh, if you uh, get on the bloody internet, um, Hollywood Avondale website should better sort you out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, can't 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 urge you to go see this uh, enough. Um, it's it's the way it should be seen, big and loud. Um, and then the uh, the final thing I mentioned today is the return of. Uh, a show that's part pleasure and part guilty pleasure of mine um, on Apple TV called For All Mankind. This is their uh, alternate history of the space program, mm. which when it started, I was like, oh, that's a bit of a dry balls idea uh, for One a of show. my friends loves it. 
Yeah, I dig it. it. I dig it. Well, I, I relented pretty quickly. It, it, it uh, kicked off at the time of the moon landing, but it's kind of one significant change to history was that the Russians got there first. Mm-hmm. And then imagine what would happen, uh, you know, how much more vigorously the Americans would pursue the space program if that happened, what differences mm-hmm. it would made to make to Russia. Then at the end of the first season, they leapt forward by a decade, which is what they've kind of done roundabout each time with each subsequent season. So now season four takes place in 2003. It means that over the span of the show, like, you know, four or five decades have passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, divergence in history, geopolitics, uh, and to some extent culture has, has all been kind of a big ripple effect from those, uh, you know, from the sort of most fundamental changes of the show. I really dig this. Um, it's got a, a very kind of nerdy geopolitical uh, space exploration side to it. But then also... Um, a part that's got its claws into me, but I definitely still understand why some viewers don't like it. Is it maybe it's sort of more soapy characteristics? Um, it is a uh, bit hokey in places, mm-hmm. but for me that kind of offsets, um, you know, the more kind of technological elements to it. And when I say it's a bit of a guilty pleasure, it's that stuff that I'm referring to. The new season's really interesting. This is a show that streams on Apple TV Plus um, without getting into major spoiler territory. There's something kind of weird about a flagship show for a streaming giant having a really strong sympathetic subplot about workers striking uh, to be fairly compensated and have good working conditions uh, coming as the stars when there is still one major unresolved Hollywood strike. It's just... That's just too sweet, too good to be true. Um, but it's, of course, the stuff of total coincidence because, you know, the wheels have been in, in motion with the show for some time mm-hmm. before current current events. But, um, yeah, uh, sci-fi always kind of tends to reflect the present day, but this is just a, a, a very funny coincidence. Anyway, fans of the show should check it out. And um, if you uh, are looking for something to kind of uh, dig into that's got a few seasons to binge, then uh, mm. For All Mankind it's quite right. a goodie. Nice. Don't be put off by its period setting because, uh, yeah, it kind of rapidly moves through the decades. Excellent. All right, Steve. Bloody good. See you next week. Cheers, brother. Real auteurs use star wipes. That was Flicks and That on 95BFM.